we're kind of conditioned in other dietary approaches or diets that here's the food, go eat it and you'll get results. And that's not exactly how this works. Um, because, you know, we have to always understand that the pro-metabolic approach is not a diet, but it's an understanding of what supports your metabolism. And I say yours, because how yours is functioning can be different from somebody else's. And we have to work with where your starting point is, and that's going to be different than somebody else's. And so I think the first thing you should always do when you start this approach is find out where you're at right now. You can't figure out where you want to go unless you know where you're at. So if you're currently eating 1200 calories, uh, you probably should start there with 1200 calories, just switching the foods, like eating more foods that may be more nutrient dense or so forth. But if you go ahead and start eating 2000 calories, which quite honestly, may be what your body needs, but going that drastic of a switch too quickly will definitely result in weight gain. And we want to try to avoid that as much as possible, as possible, because it is not necessary for some people to are, I mean, it, it is, if you are too lean, too thin, some people definitely come into this that need to gain some weight and that it is more of a necessary a thing for them. But for most people, um, they usually have excess body fat. They don't want to gain anymore. So mm. tracking, I mean, yeah, <laughs> we well, go back to that is essential. Welcome to the Weight Loss for Women podcast, a place where we share everything you need to know about restoring your metabolism so you can eat more, train less, and lose weight in a healthy and sustainable way. I'm Kitty Bloomfield, co-founder of New Strength and Saturated, creator of pro-metabolic food supplements and seriously saturated skincare. And today uh, we're welcoming, welcoming back our friend, uh, Kate Deering. She's been on the podcast probably the most out of anyone, I think. Yeah, I, w- I win. Yeah. If there was an award, I would win it. So I think you should have one. Kitty and Kate podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Could be. <laughs> Definitely. Kate, if you're new here and you haven't listened and you don't know who Kate is, she's awesome. She's the author of How to Heal Your Metabolism. She has one fur baby. <laughs> she lives in the States in California, Ginger, um, and she's 51. Not yet. Two 50. Two weeks. Don't, give me, don't make me older than I am. We have like the same birthday, but not the same birthday because it's because of the time difference. Yeah. We celebrate the same day because you're a year, a, a day nine. ahead of me. You're nine yeah. years old. I'm 52. Oh, I'm 42. Sorry. You're 51. Yeah. So nine years. Yeah. Nine yeah. Years. Both mm-hmm. awesome, obviously, Aquarians. Aquarian um, awesomeness. But yeah, like Kate's got a great book, How to Heal Your Metabolism. Um, and it's, yeah, if you haven't read it, I will recommend all our clients read. I'll put the link in the show notes. But you can pretty much like get off Amazon. You can listen to it. If you speak French, you can now listen to it in French. Henry, shush. Henry just sits there on the balcony and barks everyone who walks past. Such an idiot. Annoying <laughs> sausage dog. Um, so yeah, welcome, Kate. Back. Thank you. Pleasure to be here as always. Uh so today we wanted to talk about um, understanding energy balance and weight loss and weight gain and, you know, with pro-metabolic eating, something that we notice, you know, um, a lot of women that come into this space will, you know, come from restrictive backgrounds, you know, where they're cutting carbs and dairy and, you know, calories. And then, you know, they're, they're like, oh, wow, I can eat ice cream and fruit and potatoes and all these delicious foods, but they don't actually track their calories. So, 
they end up eating way too much um, to start with and then they gain all of this weight, um, which obviously they don't like. Nobody <laughs> likes that. No. And, and I and I think, I mean, I, I that happened to me when I certainly flipped the approach as well. Um, I think because we're kind of conditioned in other dietary approaches or diets that here's the food, go eat it and you'll get results. And that's not exactly how this works um, because, you know, we have to always understand that the pro-metabolic approach is not a diet, but it's an understanding of what supports your metabolism. And I say yours because how yours is functioning can be different from somebody else's. And we have to work with where your starting point is, and that's going to be different than somebody else's. And so I think the first thing you should always do when you start this approach is find out where you're at right now. You can't figure out where you want to go unless you know where you're at. So if you're currently eating 1200 calories, uh, you probably should start there with 1200 calories, just switching the foods, like eating more foods that may be more nutrient dense or so forth. But if you go ahead and start eating 2000 calories, which quite honestly, may be what your body needs, but going that drastic of a switch too quickly will definitely result in weight gain. And we want to try to avoid that as much as possible, as possible, because it is not necessary for some people to are, I mean, it is, if you are too lean, too thin, some people definitely come into this that need to gain some weight and that it is more of a necessary a thing for them. But for most people, um, they usually have excess body fat. They don't want to gain anymore. So mm. tracking, we, yeah, <laughs> we go back to that is essential. Yeah. Yeah. What would you say, Kate, too? I think like. I've noticed with some women, they'll say, oh, you know, they might be 80 kilos. And so I'm eating 1200 calories. And I'm like, well, you're not eating 1200 calories all the time. And then they say, oh yeah, you're right. I'm binging, having these huge binges on the weekend. So, you know, if you track, like you've got to be really honest with yourself and track. Cause I used to binge too, you know, I'd, you know, eat fuck all during the week. And then I'd eat thousands of cal- calories on the, in one day, you know, yeah. so tracking it accurately, tracking those Henry buddy, Tracking the, uh, I'm just going to close the door so we can't. You're locked out, buddy. Um, so, you know, like you might eat 1200 calories for a couple of days and then it, you tr- tr- track the binges and see, and then it might bring your calories up to, you might be averaging 1800 or 1900 or whatever it is. And then, you know, I think you've got to be really honest because I find, I'd say 95% of the women that I speak to and we work with, they're just stuck in that restrict binge cycle, like bad binging. Yeah. And and you're going to see that if you restrict carbohydrates, because eventually when your body starts experiencing some sort of stress or your body finally is like, I need calories to keep going, it's going to create that urge to overconsume, And that's going to throw off your energy balance, right? And energy balance is just how many calories does your body need to maintain body weight? That's what we want to find out initially. And that's going to be different for every individual, depending on essentially your activity, your workouts, you know, the the types of foods that you're eating, your size and so forth. And so we have to account for what your body is going to do. And one of the best ways to do that is just start logging and then say, all right, if I log, honestly, I'm eating, it looks like 2000 calories a day. And if you do that for a couple of weeks and your weight just stays similar, right? We all know your weight will adjust through the day. So my suggestion is take your weight every single day 
for 14 days or seven days and then average the two together and see is your weight maintaining, is it staying the same, right? You are going to fluctuate a little bit during the day or even the week. And you can also fluctuate, certainly if you have a cycle, that can also create some weight fluctuation. But we want to know what is it averaging, right? Are you staying pretty much the same? And so if you're staying pretty much the same and you're averaging around 2,000 calories, and that is where you are stabilized and that's energy balance for you. Um, and then at that point in time, we want to address what is your temperature and pulse, right? Are you producing enough energy with the food that you're consuming? So there's a difference between just consuming energy and what you're taking in versus are you able to break down that food, digest, absorb it, transport it to the cells and have your cells produce energy with it? And what does that look like, right? And so we want to account for that too, because if you're eating 2000 calories and you're still running quite cold then there's some level that either you might need more calories or you might need more nutrition or certain nutrients that help the production of energy in your system. So those are things you kind of have to address. Um, or is your body just so uber stressed that you're keeping yourself in that kind of suppressed state and we need to figure out what we need to do to kind of turn your body up in energy production. Mm, I think too, like, and this is something that we find with a lot of women we work with is like looking at your body composition too. And a lot of women are really under muscled. Um, you know, I had this conversation with a, a lady on our, one of our group calls and she's, she said, oh, you know, I, she was someone who was like us, Kate, who really restricted and was small. So even though she's gained weight, she's still 63 kilos at five foot, whatever, which is not overweight, you know, mm -hmm. like, it's not like you are really overweight. But she's so used to being so small. At, but, you know, in terms of her body fat, I think she was like 35% or something. So she's under-muscled. Right. Um, and, you know, she was saying, I, you know, I really want to do a fat loss phase and I've been eating 1,750, but I just find myself, you know, binge eating. And April's told me that I should, I need to eat more food. I need to increase my calories and we need to focus on building muscle. So sitting at maintenance for a bit. And, and, you know, building muscle. I said, well, that's really good advice, you know, because you, and she was feeling constipated too when she ate less calories, but when she increased them up then again to like 1900, 2000, she was pooing again, you know, had more energy for the gym. So I think that's an important, especially for the smaller women, you know, like I was the same, I was just so under muscled. And once that you actually build more muscle, that's going to increase your metabolic rate and you can eat more food. Um, One hundred percent. I mean, and that's a controllable variable that women can do as they age. Right. And it's something that happens as we age, we tend to lose muscle tissue. Right. I mean, as you get older, you lose bone, you lose muscle, especially if you're not doing any sort of resistance training. And that's going to help both of those. And I think and what you see, or at least what I see is the more women diet, the, then they have the higher percentage of body fat to muscle tissue because every time they've done one of these calories restrictive diets for an extended period of time, they'll lose a little bit of muscle and then they don't actually do weight training or they do some sort of exercise that doesn't really increase muscle mass. And so then they go on another restriction and they lose a little muscle tissue and they just do that repeatedly over decades. So the times that they're getting their 40s and 50s, they've, they've lost some muscle, they've mm -hmm. gained some body fat and some of them maybe even be the same weight, but their body composition has shifted because they, they have lost that muscle tissue. So you really need time to start working on improving that. And certainly strength training is going to help that and doing a proper strength training program is going to help that. And that's going to be a big component of them keeping the, the body fat off and also maintaining a good body composition as they get older. 
Um, you know, and said the other com component of that, and certainly when we actually look at your basal metabolic rate, is making sure all of your basic functions are working properly, right? And those would be, are you getting enough energy to digest and, and poop daily, right? We definitely say that people that underconsume are typically constipated. They just don't have enough energy to make their bowels go. And they're, you know, it's not just about bulk. It's the, 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 the GI system is under energized and that takes fuel. And because it works in that parasympathetic state, anytime you stay in that stress state too long, it just stops working or slows down considerably. So we have to make sure the body knows it's getting enough fuel to operate and move things along. And because you like, yeah, if you, if you eat a little bit, ask anyone that's dieted or has gone a long period of time without food and so forth, they poop less. And so we want to make sure that you're doing that daily. We want to make sure all the other functions like your sleep and your period and you have a libido and all these other things are working optimally. And those all take energy. And so you have to be careful, certainly when you add lots of exercise or other stressful things that are going on in your system to make sure that those other things, those metabolic functions are, are, are working optimally. And then you can start tagging on other things to help with the body composition and so forth. Mm, and it's interesting, like, and I, don't, I don't think you can put specific numbers or weights on it, but just an observation from women in our program, like those smaller women, so sort of the medium, like weight women, um, you know, they often have to just spend time sitting at maintenance and building muscle and improving their body composition and then improving their health markers. And then when they get, they've built some more muscle and, you know, their maintenance calories are a bit higher and they're sleeping and all, all their health markers are better, then they can, when they go into a deficit, like it's like their deficit calories are higher. Yes. They diet on more and they lose body fat. And then it's like you're stripping away the body fat and you've got this beautiful muscle underneath and you've That's got right. a stronger base. Whereas yeah. the, the bigger ladies, you know, and this is just from the testimonials that I've done, and I'm saying not everyone needs to see this amount of calories, but a lot of them, can eat, you know, it depending on how much, what they're with their, their training, but you know, some of them will just eat 1900 calories and they've lost, you know, 20 kilos just consistently and eating nutrient dense foods, getting enough protein, you know, and also that they've lowered stress in their life and, you know, not living this super stressful state. Um, but, you know, I think, I don't know, like I haven't actually probably worked with anyone that's had too much muscle that haven't. <laughs> <laughs> they're over muscled. Probably yeah. not. Not women, right? Yeah. Most women aren't. I mean, and so that's, and it's, I think, just our society. And, you know, if I know so many women that just don't want to lift anything heavy because they're afraid <laughs> of getting big. And, and I'm like, okay, but, and it may be because they have at some level of considerable amount of body fat. And yeah. And so when you initially, you know, build muscle, it's going mm -hmm. to make you feel bigger. And mm -hmm. if you have more muscle, you hold more water, you hold more glycogen. So that just increases in size. And if you haven't lost the body fat yet, yeah, the pants might feel bigger initially because you have to go through that stage to help. Because it, it's certainly more helpful to gain muscle when you're either at least at calorie maintenance and sometimes at a calorie surplus. Mm -hmm. And so that's more helpful for that. When you're going into the deficit, it's a lot more challenging to gain muscle tissue during that time period because you you need more energy to basically build muscle. So it does make it a lot more challenging. I mean, I, I usually find when people find their weight, their calorie energy kind of maintenance levels mm -hmm. and they're balanced out and then they can add training in and they feel good and they're recovering. Yeah usually like a good six months keeping them there at that that space to, so that they can a body can adjust to the calories and their body's functioning and they're sleeping well and so forth 
And, and that usually means that we slowly can inc- constantly increase the calories for that time period, right? Because yeah. then they, I'm like, look, then they can train better and they have more energy for their training and they get stronger. So they will need more energy. So yeah. you constantly just try to pull them up. And usually six months, some people need to do it even longer, depending on kind of where they were when they started until that you can kind of put them in a deficit or start adding something else on to, to decrease some of that body fat. Yeah, one of our, um, like, I think she'd be one of the best transformations I've ever had. She started at 98 kilos and she had heaps of cellulite. She was a big drinker, um, lots of stress. And she actually started at 1800 calories, trained three days a week, but she was really consistent with her training. You know, she really applied herself to learn the movements and execute them well and then push close to failure. And obviously 1800 calories was a deficit, but because she was a new to lifting as well, you know, she could build that muscle in the deficit. Yes. But her calories only went up till eventually she got to the point where she was 72 kilos at whatever body percent, 20% or something and eating 2,400 calories, which yeah. was pretty cool. And that, that took her 18 months. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and that is that that's kind of the journey, right? Yeah. You, you want the long journey, you don't look for those short things. If you're going in for the short, like, I just want to lose some weight, then go to keto, go to something that's just going to put you in a calorie deficit right off the get go. And certainly, right. It, we talk about energy balance and, and what that all means, right? So when you look at all these dietary approaches that maybe will initially help you lose weight, the bottom line is they're all putting you in a deficit. If you're anyway. losing weight, you're in a deficit, unless it's just water weight and yeah, whatever's like in your you GI system. Carbs, obviously, your body's not holding as much glycogen. So you think you're like, oh, wow, I've lost all this weight initially. But it's like, we haven't really. Yeah. Know. And then. Well, yeah. Like, a lot of it is, yeah, it is muscle glycogen. It's water. It's yeah. especially if you all of a sudden, you know, fast and now you're getting everything out of your GI tract. So it's basically everything's out of your GI. So that's all going to result in a weight loss. And it might feel better, so forth, right? And then if you continue on that in a chronic deficit, you're going to lose some level of muscle tissue. That's just what happens. You will lose some body fat. But if you do a severe diet, usually in the beginning, most of it's just water, glycogen, a little bit of fat and some muscle, right? So it's not usually an ideal way to go. And I think most people that have done those more extreme ways of dieting and done it for long periods of time, find that it's not sustainable. And they usually will always, because they haven't created a good foundation and they aren't really focusing on. Oh, I just lost. They're good sleeping. Like all those things are key for them to continue on a, on a very stable pathway. Yeah. And it's interesting, you know, like people still get sucked into like keto is a better way to lose fat or fasting. It's like, well, you're just creating a calorie deficit. That's just what it is. Like it's, it's, there's nothing special or magical about it. Um, And I think, yeah, that's why we're always saying you've got to track the food. Like people come into the, this community and just to eat and eat and don't track their food. And then they gain all this weight. It's like, well, you just ate too much, too much too quickly. Yeah. And, and, and again, you have to take into account your system. If you come in and you're overly stressed out and maybe you don't manage carbohydrates very well, and all of a sudden you eat tons of carbs and tons of fat, you know, you're eating all this ice cream and, you know, and it's, it's not going to work out well for you. And so it's like, look, any time and that, that your body is not going to be able to manage that series of additional carbs and fat very well. And you're probably just going to end up feeling worse. So it, like I said, Rule number one, figure out where you're at. 
I think that's brilliant. Yeah, track it and just, yeah, and be honest because I feel like a lot of women, and look, I was used to be the same. I wasn't really honest with myself, you know? No, and I, there's so many, and there's a lot of people that like don't, like, well, I don't want to track the weekends, right? And I'm like, why not? They're like, well, I usually always eat all the crap. And I'm like, okay, so you're giving me five days of your perfect eating, but then we know we're probably consuming almost double the calories on the weekends. Well, we're you, nothing's going to, nothing's going to change. Right. I mean, if you eat two days of 2,500 calories over what you should be, yeah, you're just going to stay the same or gain weight. And like, the point is, why is that happening and what's going on? Right. And th- th- that is even happening for you. So there is a level of consistency that has to occur, but we want to make sure too, that you're not feeling the need to binge if you are feeling the need to binge and something else needs to be corrected, you're not getting enough fuel regularly through the day if that's occurring, because we can get you out of that state. I think too, you know, like when you go out in the weekends and I just, you know, you probably notice this too, if you eat out, like a lot of places, like we went to this place um, last weekend, it was Jim's, one of our friend's birthday and the food was yum, but it's just dripping in oil. Like I got this like um, grilled skewer thing and it was chicken thigh with the skin on and then it was all basted in this fucking sauce. It probably had so much oil in it. Then the potatoes are like cooked in butter, but heaps of butter, you know, so it's like so easy. And then the salad is dressed in this massive dressing. It's olive oil, it's not bad, but it's just, it's so many calories. And it's so easy to overconsume fat without even realizing the amount of calories that you're eating, I think. So, you know, you, I think Craig always quotes this bloody study, but, you know, they got people just to eat dietitians and normal people. And they're saying even the dietitians, like didn't, when they didn't track, underestimated what they ate by 500 calories. And these are dietitians, you know, so think about like, may, may not feel like you're, you're eating that much, but when, when you actually track things, you're like, wow, shit, there's a lot of calories in that. Yeah. And the, and there's a lot of people out there that are, they're a bite here, a bite there people, right? Cause they're like, I don't feel like I'm eating that much, but then they're having a bite of this and a bite of that and a handful yeah. of this and a handful of nuts or, yeah, yeah. right. And they're not accounting for all of that. And that could be for, it's easily for another four or 500 calories per day. And so it all matters. Everything calorically does matter. And again, we need to establish where you are at currently, because you can, yes, if you are eating 1200 calories religiously every single day and you're not losing weight, then something is going on. It's, right? just, not, it's just not like, it, it's not possible to be a hundred kilos and eat 1200 calories consistently and not lose. It's not possible. It's just not possible. Like Craig and Libby, when we did our last podcast, talked about the metabolic award studies and they said, I asked them, I said, so has there ever been one of these metabolic award studies where someone didn't lose weight? eating in a calorie deficit they're like there's not one yeah Just right they're being monitored yeah and they yeah. can't eat any more food because they're like when they actually let them initially they said to them look here's the diet plan might be 1600 calories these are people who say they can't lose weight go away some of them lost a kilo some of them gain weight and they're like oh no we all stuck to it and then when they went into the actual metabolic ward where they no one could bring them food they would get they all lost weight every single one of them so yeah. you may not be doing it intentionally some people might yeah. be lying to themselves because i used to fucking lie to myself sure you know, and just but then you may just be doing it not realizing I hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. I just wanted to jump in quickly and talk a little bit more about our seven-day Eat More, Train Less, Get Results Challenge. So if you're new to the podcast um, and following me or say you've been following me for a while and you've been sitting on the fence, 
The challenge is a great way to get started. Craig and I developed the challenge after working with women for over eight years, and it was purposely built for women who want to achieve sustainable results without drastically cutting calories, sugar and carbs, or working out six days a week. So we want to show you how you can lose weight, tone up, but also feel good. So that means good sleep, no bloating, constipation, stable energy and moods, regular and relatively symptom-free periods, and no perimenopausal or menopausal symptoms. Unlike other programs that you'll find online, it's a holistic approach. So it provides you everything you need for long-term sustainable weight loss and body composition change while feeling good. So the seven-day challenge uh, provides a full meal plan, a workout plan for home and the gym with training exercise videos to guide your workouts. We've got metabolically supportive recipes, a recipe book, advanced supplement guides, direct support via our private community um, and Facebook page, and most importantly, education for long-term success. So I actually got this great message in our private Facebook group yesterday from a woman who's listened to the podcast for two years, but only recently joined the challenge. So she said, I've been listening to the podcast for a couple of years, but just joined the challenge four days ago. I want to express my gratitude for all the amazing information Kitty and Craig offer in this challenge. I was hesitant to sign up because I only have dumbbells at home and I'm not ready to join the gym, but I'm super impressed so far and really excited to make positive changes in my life. So the challenge is a one-off payment of 27 Australian dollars and you get lifetime access and we have clients all over the world in the program. So I'm going to pop a link in the show notes with more information and let's get back to the podcast. And when you go out to eat, you don't realize maybe what that plate of fries and a hamburger is, right? You just maybe even, and you know, and even if you're using a logging system, it's Mm -hmm. again, they're doing a generalization and maybe you don't realize that you just ate a half a pound of burger. Maybe you think it's only four (laughs) ounces. Maybe that's what you're putting in because a lot of people don't know what four ounces of of a protein looks like. They don't know what a size is. And it's just because you haven't been taught. And I get that. And that's why it is good to weigh the food. But for the most part, if you are getting a plate full of hamburger and fries, you know, that can be like 1200 calories. Yeah. yeah. You know, if you say, well, I had that, it was 600. And I'm like, okay, well, but it's not, you know, so you have to, and that's why going out to eat, yes, is makes it really, really challenging. And so for a lot of people, it's like, yes, stay home. Just to stop. It's not like you have to do it forever. Like just the, I always say to them, like, just, you've got this goal. You know, work towards the goal. Obviously, if you have to go out, there's strategies that you can put in place. Like we help them with it. But just because once you get to maintenance, I think then you can, you know, like we went out, went out and had this meal, and I just ate the meal, and you know, I had some. Um, I also had some uh, coconut margaritas, which were the bomb. <laughs> I had three. Of course, I was like mm-hmm. with the three drink rule, you know. Um, and my weight's the same. You know, my weight stayed the same. I had breakfast, went out and had the lunch, had the cocktails, came home, had our normal dinner, had my ice cream, went to bed. Yeah, fuck yeah, knows yeah. how many calories was in that meal. I don't know. Like, yeah, yeah. And, but your body processes calories well, right? You can eat a high amount of calories. So if you have a massively high caloric meal, it's not going to make a difference really to you. Yeah, it's one, one uh, meal in two weeks. Yeah. Versus somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody else that is their metabolic rate is in the crapper where they can't Low really process. Yeah, they, certainly yeah. a big caloric meal like that can totally blow them up. So, yeah. I mean, everyone is definitely going to be a little bit different. But, you know, the bottom line is you, you need to understand what your body is doing and how your body responds and not just follow like a generalized guideline or just eat these foods because they're pro-metabolic, right? They're, they're considered that because they're easy to digest. They're high nutrient dense foods. 
And that's why they're considered that. Doesn't mean you can have endless amounts of them. And it also doesn't mean just because you eat them, all of a sudden your metabolism is going to be high. It doesn't mean that either, right? If you're eating a bunch of them and you're eating an excess, you know, you're not going to just rev things up and burn a bunch of calories off. You're going to eat an excess and that's going to result in weight gain. And weight gain results in a lot of other bad things that can happen. Even if you're eating all the right foods mm. and you're eating an excess, you will gain weight and you can have all the negative things that happen with that. So we have to account for where you are right now, right? And I always hate to look at calories in, calories out. You want to also assess, again, how your body's assimilating and using these calories, but understanding your baseline and where you are and then slowly shifting in the direction that's going to be supportive with you with understanding what you're doing during the day, right? If you're basically sitting at a desk all day long and walking a thousand steps a day, which I've seen that happen. Um, yeah. You don't need to be eating a ton of calories right now. Your body's just really not using a lot of them. Um, but, but if you start moving and especially if you're heavy and you start moving, you're starting to burn and utilize a lot more energy. So you're going to have to use more. So we you have to always account for what is your body doing through the day and so forth and so on. So you can account for your energy balance. Yeah. And I think, you know, like we talked about this before, we're trying to increase that resting metabolic weight and there's, you know, you're doing it with the food and then, you know, you, you let's say you start strength training three days a week. So that, you know, you go into the gym, you lift the weights. It's like that recovery process is really energy intensive. Your body, wants more energy to build muscle, then you might increase your steps. Like say you've done a thousand, you might start doing 5,000 steps a day and all these small things gradually add up to you being able to eat more food. And, you know, um, it, instead of having to do these crazy drastic things, but doing these things, it takes time to see the results. Like it's not a quick fix and you've got to be willing. I always say to women who join our program, depending on where they start, obviously, but most women don't start in a great place and they all want to have more muscle because muscle takes, it's, it's, it's like, it's hard. It's, it is very hard, right? I mean, you are not I mean, I think after a certain point, right, probably after you get the initial bump, when you first start strength training, you get stronger, yeah. quicker, because your nervous system's adapting. But ultimately, you know, you're looking at 10 pounds a year. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, it's, yeah. And, and I mean, and that's a lot of work to get there, right? So all these women are like, I'm going to get too big. I'm like, you have no idea what it takes. Ah. It takes a lot of work and a lot of heavy lifting to get there. And so if you're feeling big after you do a, a weight training program, because you just pulled all that water into your tissue, or maybe your body, your, your tissue doesn't have enough energy. So you're built, you know, you're pulling a lot of creating a lot of lactic acid in there. And that's kind of making you swell and not in a good way. You're getting too sore or so forth. And that's making you feel bigger, you know, and that's keeping you from lifting heavy. So, you know, you need to make sure you have the nutrients and the, the energy and so forth to get through that session. Um, cause you just don't want to like create edema in your system and then go, well, I'm just getting bigger. And that feels, doesn't feel well to me. Yeah. I think it's like, especially for those women who are like us, like for me, a real mindset shift. Cause I was a lot smaller than I am now. Like I've put on a lot of muscle. I'm like 68 kilos and way bigger. And I look, well, I think I look pretty muscular and some mm -hmm. women are like, oh, you look too muscular for me, which is fine. But mm -hmm. I just want to be able to eat more food and I really enjoy strength training and changing my mindset of like, oh, I just really want to be small, get away from that. I want to be tiny. I want to be small to be, I want to be, I just want to have some muscle and be able to train well and sleep. And I'm not saying you have to get as big as me because like, you know, most women won't want that. But even if you just build some muscle at like, you know, three, four, five kilos of lean mass, if you've got no muscle, it's going to make such a huge difference and you're not going to look jacked. Like it's, it's, 
like I've got RDL nearly 150 kilos. Like think about the amount of muscle you have to have to RDL that much. Like you, it, it and it, how long it actually takes to get there. Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen overnight. Like, don't worry. It's not like you're going to pick up the dumbbell and all of a sudden be like, fuck yeah, I'm big. Like <laughs> I've got this, I've got all this muscle. I wish. So, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I, I, I always tell women, I go, look, we want, if you want to just pay attention to scale weight, you actually want to be as heavy as you possibly can with the body you feel comfortable at. Meaning yeah. like yeah. you want more weight because as far you want good weight, right? We want muscle, muscle tissue muscle. and so forth, That's but great. don't let the scale, don't freak out about scale. We, we want, because if we're heavy and you have a lot, a lot of a lot of lean muscle mass, then that's going to benefit you as you age. It's going to benefit you through menopause and into your later years. We know that you can like live longer with more muscle tissue. Mm. Um, so that's a goal that you should have. It's not to be super petite, like super small, tiny people don't live as long as people that have more muscle mass, right? And especially because if you have something stressful happen to you and you're super tiny, you don't have anything to burn off and utilize. You, you know, there's nothing there. So yes. I'm not saying you need to go get fat yeah. per se, fat no, weight. or even jacked, but having enough that is protective and having weight on your body as you age is good. It's more beneficial to your bones. So when we think in the context of other things and why having more muscle mass is important to us, yeah, it should definitely be a part of your program and it's going to help you utilize calories better. And mm-hmm. it's going to be that benefit to you to kind of help you through your journey into to health. The other thing too is, you know, what it takes to build it, to maintain it, you don't have to do as much. Like once you get to a point where you're like, cool, I'm happy with the amount of muscle I have, you can do less work and less volume to maintain it. Like, I don't think I've told you about this, but like, you know, you just did this bit of reflection at the end of the year. And I was like, I went back into training, set myself all these big goals. And then I was like, oh, fuck, like I've forgotten how, you know, like low bar back squatting, heavy, close to fat. Like, it's just really taxing. Like I've just forgotten how in that heavy training and I'm like, I just don't have the, you know, I've got this one bucket of energy. I'm trying to work, do the businesses. I was like, really thinking about, is that what I really want? <laughs> Why do I want it? It's just my mm-hmm. ego. You know, yeah. it's not like I fucked around for a year and a half, two years with the whole baby thing, thinking, oh, you've lost it. I'm like, kitty, it doesn't matter. So now I've just pulled my training back to three days, less volume. Um, still training hard because I like training hard, but pulled out the back squats. And it's, it's really easy. I can do less to maintain the muscle mass that I have. You know, mm-hmm. like it's once you've built it, don't think that you have to keep training and training. Like it's only if you mm-hmm. want to keep building. So that's mm-hmm. the cool thing about it too, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. I always think, I mean, the biggest thing that, you know, you burn that you'll start losing muscle mass is if you're in a catabolic state all the time, right? Stress is going to be your biggest adversary. That's not the right word. The, is your biggest foe. <laughs> I'm like, oh. Uh, when it comes to losing muscle, right? Because you're just going to start eating it up and, and excess cortisol is going to do that for you. So making sure you have enough energy to take care of your needs is going to be a big plus to helping you keep maintaining your muscle. Um, so that's where you have to be careful to not be in these deficits for too long of a period of time because they start becoming catabolic to your tissue. And you see that as women age and you see that in people that have sickness, right? They, they have a lot of loss of muscle tissue. Yeah. And I, you know what? Like, it's just so good being able to eat more food, I reckon. <laughs> I just really yeah. like eating. <laughs> I mean, and there are people out there and this is like, and we've talked about that. This is the one, a plus about maybe doing intermittent fasting or doing, 
these ketogenic or they yeah people they're like i don't want to be a prisoner to having to eat right and they want to eat less and they don't want to eat as many times and you know and again you can do this protocol and eat three meals a day three good meals a day that's fine you don't if that works for you but yes for the most part if you want to maintain and keep that metabolic rate high you need to fuel the system and if you want to use carbohydrates as fuel they're going to burn through you um, if you want to use other resources and go into it, like a keto carnival based diet and, you know, eat one meal a day, you can do that, but you're going to be switching onto more of the adaptive hormones and you're going to be run by adrenaline cortisol more so than anything. And that over time, I think is going to play a negative role in your system. Mm. And like you say, like, it's not like you have to eat six more meals a day. You can set it up to, you know, like I eat four, that's what suits me. And then I have just mm-hmm. some ice cream before I go to bed, which it's good because I have my a big, they're just bigger meals, obviously. So mm-hmm. big breakfast and I don't eat again till like 10.30 and then I'll have train, have my training drink, afternoon meal, dinner. Mm-hmm. It just gives me a bit more time. But like say if you were, you could probably eat three meals, big meals if yeah. you really, totally can. when you balance them. And yeah, if that works for you and you can do, I think too, is make things easier. Like one of my just favorite snacks at the moment, or it's not snacks, but meals is I just ate it before when we were at the start of the podcast, um, is rice pudding with barambar cottage cheese and raspberry jam. And it's so fucking good. And it's Mm -hmm. like zero prep. Like last night I just tipped it into the container and put it in the fridge. So I knew it was ready. Mm -hmm. Fuck all. To, to prepare you know like and I, but I just eat that every day but again like I don't have a lot of time so I'm like okay sacrifice the variety I eat the same breakfast just have oranges you know sourdough muffins cheese milk coffee egg it's really easy doesn't take mm-hmm. long to prepare I made a, tonight I'm having spaghetti bolognese so I made a big batch on the weekend so all I need to do is boil the pasta tonight mm-hmm. whack the spaghetti yeah. on the pasta with some parmesan and have a glass of juice and then my ice cream's done so it's like fuck all prep during the day to, to, to maintain that high level of cal, it's like 2,700 calories today. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, and again, not everybody can eat 2,700 calories. No, 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 I mean, no, you are, like, but you know, it's not, what I'm trying to say is that you don't have to like spend hours and hours prepping food. Like you can simplify it if it's whether or not you're eating 2000 calories or totally. whatever, you know, mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be so hard and so difficult and so time consuming. You can keep it simple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And usually simplicity is the thing that works the best and it helps people with their tracking. It helps you to know that your calories are kind of consistent. Right. And so I always suggest in the beginning, yeah, eat some of the same foods, have like two or three breakfasts, two or three lunch, two or three dinners, mm-hmm. and then, it, then see where you're at. And then we can move it upwards as we understand where your body is going into maintenance. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't have to be complicated. I think people make it complicated a little bit, maybe because there, you know, there's so many different variety of foods and so forth. And so, or maybe they haven't eaten carbohydrates in so long. They're just like, yay, mm-hmm. you know, I can eat all these carbohydrates and just forget about energy, total energy intake, which you cannot. Um, mm-hmm. That still has to be considered when you're kind of going through this process. Or like I said, you're going to gain weight and we don't want that to happen. Or we want to minimize that. Um, so that you don't, ha- cause right. Cause then you have to lose it. And yeah, you know, then that, and yeah, especially like if you're gaining it off, you've been eating in excess, you gained a bunch of weight and you didn't do any training, you know, yeah. to lose that like now. And if you don't have a lot of muscle mass, that's going to be a lot, that's going to be challenging. And so you, then you got to work in trying to increase muscle mass and then go through a series of deficits to try to get that weight back off of you. And so we want to try to avoid that process if we can. I'm sure most people would prefer that. Yeah. If you're like, you know, a lot of them say, oh, but Kitty, it's going to be restrictive. And I'm like, well, you've got to sort of shift your mindset 
you know, like I thought that initially when I came in, because every other time I tracked before I met Emma, it was like, oh, I'm eating 1200 calories and no carbs. So it was misery and it was very restrictive, but sure, this allows you to, you know, like I get a bit excited in the week when I think, oh, what am I going to have next week? You know, I get to plan out exactly what I want to eat, have this delicious food. I can have, I feel like the foods that I love, you know, I love ice cream, I love potatoes. And I know when I, you know, eat my four meals a day, I I balance my blood sugar. I just feel so much better and Mm -hmm. I sleep better. I've got energy. I can train, I can show up for my calls. So look at it as a way that it's going to lead to these great things like better sleep and better energy. And I get to eat the food that I enjoy, Mm -hmm. you know, um, rather than going, oh, it's so restrictive and I can't eat the things I like because you can eat the thing I think. Like there's like I don't even really crave shit food anymore because I feel like there's always a really like we'll make our own homemade burgers on sourdough buns. We make the beautiful meat patties. We have Jarsberg cheese. We make air fried chips. We have a Coke with it. It's amazing. And I don't feel shit after I eat it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, and that you, like I said, you have worked up to that. And I think that is, and that's the, that's what's so different about this approach is you are really trying to help teach your body to consume more calories over the long haul. Mm-hmm. Right. We, we want to establish a bigger base so that we can have more to work with when we, you do go into a deficit to lose weight. But for ultimately, you know, you want to be at the end of your journey or, or whatever, at your, when you finally get to the weight that you're desiring and not be eating a thousand calories, you still want to be eating 1800 because then you're going to feel better and be able to function and do everything you want. Right. If you're slowly just doing less and less and less and less and less, your, your body's finally going to be like, okay, now we can't function and, mm-hmm. and we're starving all the time. And if any amount of stress is going to make us want to eat a whole pint of ice cream, and that's essentially what happens. And so we, but this again, it takes time to get to this through this process to kind of pull yourself out of wherever your body's adapted to. We have to pull you out of that space. And again, getting your starting point is key, finding out where your maintenance is so you can understand what energy in and energy out is for you. And then slowly moving in a direction, your body can adapt to a new energy intake. And that, and it can, it can shift to you, uh, using more energy if you go slow and steady through the process while mm-hmm. also in- incorporating some strength training or some exercise that is working for you or and or also removing some of the stress off your plate so what? it all can work but you just kind of kind of be in for the long haul this is mm-hmm. a, a short term thing but but ask yourself this is 12 <laughs> to 18 months and obviously you'll see improvements along the way that's a lot quicker than, because if you like, what's the definition of insanity? Because mm. you always know how it ends. Like mm-hmm. every woman that gets on the calls and is like, Kitty, I've been dieting for 20 years. I've been doing the keto. I've been doing the fasting. I've been doing, you know, mm-hmm. Weight Watchers. It always ends the same way, always. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's like, you know that it doesn't work. So are you going to spend the next five, 10 years repeating the same thing, doing the same thing or do this and 18 months and you'll be happy? And you'll feel better along the way and you'll see improvements for the rest of your life. Yeah. It's actually it, it, not it, yeah. a long time. Yeah. And yeah. so the pro- another part of the process is you you are correct. It's like you got to kind of change your mindset and how you're looking at this. And that's a, that is part of the journey as well. You have to look at things differently. You have to kind of pay attention to different things because your old mind is going to get in there and you might get frustrated because, oh, I've been doing this for six months and I'm still the same weight. But I'm like, yeah, but maybe your body compositions change or maybe you feel better. Or maybe you're less constipated and you're sleeping better. Like all those things matter for the long haul. Look, if you've been dieting for a few decades um, or longer, 
it, it's going to take a little bit of time. And so the more you can understand the functions, how your body works, which is the basis of what you're tr we're trying to teach is how your body's functioning and how it works best. Then you can start making significant changes and then are sustainable versus just like eat this food and lose weight. And now what? Yeah. 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 Awesome. Oh, thanks so much, Kate. It's always a pleasure having you on. And if you're new here or you're not new and you haven't done anything and you want to get started, don't forget about our seven day, eat more, train less, get results challenge. Get Kate's book. Our challenge is $27 Australian you know, lifetime access. And we cover all of these basic um, foundations. And it's just a really good start way to get started. Um, I'll pop the link in the show notes. And uh, thanks again, Kate. And we'll see you again soon. Sounds good.